In last week's podcast, we ended with a hanging question, a cliffhanger, if you will, and that is as follows. We cited the origin in the Medrash for the Minagashkanas to blow shofar during Chodesh El. The Medrash tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu ascended on high the second time, to receive the second luchos, when Hashem was taking the Jewish people back, when Hashem was forgiving the Jewish people after Chet HaEgel, which, which transpired during the 40 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul through Yom Kippur, this time, this time of tshuva that we are reobserving. Well, B'nai Yisrael blew shofar in the camp as a warning of sorts. Please don't sin again. Remember, remember to stay pure, tahar. Don't deviate again with another charegel of sorts. That was the reminder of the Kol Shofar, which we reenact every Chodesh Elul, just, in that, just as in that Chodesh Elul. So many centuries ago, they blew Shofar as a wake-up call of tshuva. We blow it similarly as a wake-up call of tshuva. According to this understanding, the shofar is not simply a reminder about the shofar of Rosh Hashanah, which looms around the corner, but as a reenactment of the 40-day experience when Moshe Rabbeinu ascended on high, the tshuva season when they blew shofar. And we asked then, why is the Medag only to blow shofar during the first 30 days, Chodesh and not the final 10 days of this process, the Aseris Yimei that while it's true that the Aseris Yimei extend beyond Rosh Hashanah and the mitzvah of Shofar and Rosh Hashanah, if the Kol Shofar is a reenactment of the Truva during this 40-day process, so all the 40 days should be Shofar-worthy. And perhaps you're going to argue that in the original story, when Moshe ascended on high, B'nai Yisrael only blew shofar for the first 30 days, not the final 10 days. But the question then would be, why? Why is shofar specifically associated with these 30 days, not with the 10 days which follow, as much as we are seeing, them over, seeing this whole period overall as 40 days of kapar? So let's dig in to... The symbolism of shofar. Shofar is a dramatic sound, produces a dramatic sound, even a frightening, trembling, inducing sound. Hayitaka shofar of Be'ir ve'amlo yecharatu. Well, one of the purposes of this dramatic noise, we know, is to herald the arrival of the king. In days of old, and even in up to modern times, there was a trumpet of sorts to herald the king's arrival, and therefore on Rosh Hashanah, the day of coronating Hashem as king, a shofar is blown in the same spirit, a, with a pomp and spectacle presentation of Hamlachas Hashem. Now the question is as follows. At what point in the king's coronation 
is that shofar to be blown? Is that trumpet to be blown? And for that matter, when is the audible pomp and spectacle on full blast, so to speak, during the coronation? Well, we have a very interesting Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara tells us that Rav Sheshis, one of the Amuram, was blind, and he couldn't really see what was going on. Nonetheless, when he stood at a coronation event or a royal parade, he was able to tell when the king had arrived. He said, so long as there's still blaring noises, the king is not here yet. It is only when the noise ceases. It is only when silence reigns that I know the king is present. When the king is here, you don't blare sounds. You fall silent. And this is true not only of earthly kings, but of the divine king Hashem as well, as Rosh cites the Pasuk regarding Hashem's revelation. First comes Aish, later fire, later comes a scene of thunder. Lo ba'esh Hashem, lo barash Hashem, ki in to mamadaka, Hashem is in the soft voice, following all the fire and fury, the thunder, the fire, the blaring noises. That the blaring noises and the fire and drama serves a purpose in the pregame show, before the king's arrival. To make an impression on us, this is the king who is coming. But once the king is present, dignity reigns supreme. Composure reigns supreme. In the presence of the king, there is a calm composure. Just as the king himself has a stately bearings, a controlled bearings, while everyone in his presence likewise has that sort of discipline, calm, and composure. And this is a profound lesson for what ultimate Avaitis Hashem is about. That while we have needs for stimuli of sorts before Avaitis Hashem, whether he fiery musr shmooz, whether other sort of evocative experiences such as a kol shofar. That is to get us in the mood. That's to make an impression upon us the king is coming. But once the king is here, calm, composure. In the case of Hashem and Avodah Hashem, there's even an intimacy to that silence. The preciousness of the moment is innate and I don't need any sort of noise. The noise is even disturbing and detracting. So now returning to these 40 days. The Medrash about Klal Yisrael blowing shofar in the camp during Chodesh El when Moshe ascended on high has to interplay somehow with the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. And I would suggest that in the, again, the coincidence is too great they're blowing a shofar with a truva message, but at the same time, there is a shofar of Rosh Hashanah during this season. And I would suggest the interplay is as follows. On Rosh Hashanah, the day of coronation of the king, we blow shofar 
to announce the king's presence when Hashem is entering to judge. But once Hashem actually enters and we pass in front of him in judgment, there is silence. The chauffeur is representing the pregame show of Hashem's entry and din, not the actual passing in front of him. And this is clear in the Yunusana Tokif when it speaks about Hashem's revelation as king to judge on Han. Malachim Yechafezen, when the angels tremble. First it speaks of a kol shofar, yitaka shofar blowing. And then it speaks of kol tamamataka yishama, the soft voice. An unmistakable echoing of the Pasuk we cited before. Lo barash Hashem, lo ba'esh Hashem kiin bekol tamamataka. After the blaring horns, the blaring shofars, the fire and fury. Then there is a soft voice at the time of the entry of the king, the king's judgment. So when they were blowing the shofar, when Moshe ascended on high, it was appropriate to blow the shofar during the first 30 days, the build-up to Rosh Hashanah, through, through and including the coals of Rosh Hashanah, when Hashem actually entered. But then when Hashem enters in Hashem's presence, a shofar has no place. Commotion is a disturbance. The impetus to tshuva is not through the fire and fury, but in the composure, in the sense of clarity, which we have with us during our Sarasimi. And this is why we find two different psukim linked to these two different periods in the greater 40-day periods. The 30 days of El and the Aserosim Yichuva, which follow respectively. They are both psukim describing our connection with Hashem as he takes us back lovingly, but in a different sense. El, we are told, is Rosh Hatevas Ani Ladodi Vadodi Lee. I am to my beloved, Hashem, my beloved is to me. It is a concept of connection, a concept of commitment. However, during Aserosimei Tshuva, the Gemara tells us, the relevant Pasuk is, Dirshu Hashem dihimatsu kuru biyoso karof, he is close. He is not simply committed to us. We are not simply committed to him on a conceptual level of anila doti vatoti but an actual kirva. A closeness, the imagery being a physical closeness. Biosokarov, he's right here. That is what's described. We are moving from the theory, the concept, the commitment of love, to the actual intimacy, connection, being up close. That I would suggest when Hashem arrives following the Kol Shofar of Rosh Hashanah, and initially he judges on Rosh Hashanah, he never really leaves. During the Aserosimei Tshuva, which follows, he remains close. Close and embracing towards us, culminating with the ultimate embrace, the total kapara of Yom Kippur. So here we have a perspective. Not only to explain why the shofar falls silent during 
the Yasserosimi Tshuva following Rosh Hashanah. And really the magic and the poignancy of the moment when the chauffeur falls silent. There is a sense of calm, composure, clarity, intimacy. Hashem is close. We don't need stimuli. We don't need commotion. Commotion is even detrimental. That is on one hand. But we also have an understanding on the other hand that we have to get there. We have to build up to that awareness. Just as in the parades of the king, for the people to fully appreciate the power of the king, the majesty of the king, a pregame show of fireworks, of trumpets, of parading, guards has a place to stimulate the people so they could then appreciate the innate majesty of the king when he arrives. When that sort of stimuli is no longer needed. Well, the same is true in how we are experiencing Melch Malchi during this time. So during Chodesh El, both our shofar and our entire comportment is one of looking for stimulation. Attending Musar Shmuzan. Firing ourselves up. Trying to awaken ourselves. The shofar is, of course, a wake-up call. Stir ourselves up. Cold clinical composure is actually not the call of the moment right now. <laughs> if we're cold, calm, collect, before you know it, Rosh Hashanah will come, Asarasimei will come, and we will be dead. We will be anesthetized. So, yes, an alarm clock is in order. And an alarm clock lets out a shrilling noise, an uncomfortable shrilling noise. And that has a place to wake us up from our stupor, in this case, our spiritual stupor, to reach awareness, to break out of destructive habits. The anesthetized state we don't want to be. But once we are awoken, once we have regained our consciousness, Rosh Hashanah has come. It is Aserisine Truva. Then the greatest spirituality of all is not the blaring noise, but the cold, not the cold, the composed, calm awareness. The king is here. We feel Hashem's presence. We are enveloped by him. That is reason enough to do tshuva. That is reason enough to behave. I got it. I am in control. I am self-aware. And this is why on Yom Kippur itself, there is no shofar. The shofar which we customarily blow at the conclusion of Yom Kippur we are told is a shofar actually to mark Silak Shechina, the departure of the Shechina. So when the Shechina is with us, there is no blame noise. There is a composure, there is a clarity, there is a call to Mamadana. So there are two sounds. There is the blaring cold shofar, but then there is the call to Mamadana, the soft voice as the Unasana Tokov describes, the segueing between these two noises. And I suggest it is these two sounds which characterize these two phases. 
And really more broadly, the cycle of spiritual growth. A cycle which begins with stimulation activity, but then is followed by composure, discipline, calm. This can be correlated to a pasuk and a concept in Chazal called Ratzo Vashov. We are told at times the angels are Ratzo, are in energetic action, but then Vashov, they return to their place of origin. There is a certain sense of equilibrium and even keeled behavior, which might be less exciting, might be less overtly stimulating, but it grounds those malach. And we too, Chazal Talos, experience a ruts of a show. Energy, stimulation, and then composure. And that is neatly captured by these two sounds, the cult, the blaring cult shofar on one hand and the cult mamadak on the other hand. May we be zocha to fully utilize this entire period to be fully stimulated, to be shaken awake from our spiritual stupor, the anesthetized state. And even that uncomfortable, blaring alarm clock, which is the call sofa, and come to powerful new awarenesses about our lives and who we need to be during this time. And then, moving on to the Aserasim Tshuva, be able to forge true relationship with Hashem of Tshuva, which is in the cult Malataka, the inner voice, the inner awareness, the self-awareness, the clarity of main king here at some.